you guys feel the peace of God? I feel the peace of God. I want to preach to you a very brief message called the seven signs that you have the true Holy Spirit. This is in our series Battle Ready. And for those of you who are watching, uh, shout out to the watch parties right now. You guys are amazing. I'm, I'm sure you're fully caffeinated. Hopefully you had some bagels. They were not as good as the ones we have here. I will tell you that. Um, but we love you wherever you're watching. Drop a comment right now uh, where you're watching from. And I also want to ask you if you would drop a comment and let us know what God has already done in this service. Because at the conclusion of this service, we're going to read some of those testimonies. I believe that many testimonies already occurred. Have testimonies occurred here in this room already? I know they occurred in your room, your living room, your kitchen. So the seven signs that you have the true Holy Spirit. If you're a note taker, would you please uh, take notes now? Get ready to write this down. Now, I am dependent on coffee. I'm dependent on Jamaican coffee, Colombian coffee, Israeli coffee, 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 all day, every day. Anybody else? Okay, I know who my people are. If you didn't raise your hand, I don't trust you. If you're a tea person, I don't trust you. Watching in London right now, I don't trust you. <laughs> I, am, I am dependent on carbohydrates. If you're on a low-carb diet, you're probably a little crazy. I've seen what it's done, done to people. Heaven help you. I love all kinds of carbs. I like Jewish carbs. Holla with that holla. <laughs> Somebody booed me over here. My own leadership team booed me. I'm dependent on a GPS. Matter of fact, have you ever driven with a GPS to the same location for three years straight and the one time you try not to, when you get there, you feel like you had the greatest accomplishment of your life? Am I the only one? Like it's, you've been working there for four years and you get there without a GPS. You're like, wow, I really am smart. Am I the only one that's like dependent on a GPS now? It used to not be that way, but it's that way for me. Some of us are more dependent on coffee, carbs, and a GPS than we are on the Holy Spirit. Because the GPS tells you go left when the Holy Spirit told you to make a choice. You didn't listen to him, but you listened to your phone. Come on, if the, if the voice of the Holy Spirit sounded like Siri, would you listen to it more? Some of us, oh. Some of us know we're going to be cranky without carbs. How are you still surviving without the Holy Spirit? What if you told someone, I need an attitude adjust, adjustment. I'm about to go off. I, I know I only speak English, but I'm about to speak French. I need the Holy Spirit. Because I know people who are like, whoa, whoa, we've got to cancel everything so I can eat because I need carbs. What if you were dependent on the Holy Spirit like that? Oh, I, I, there's no way I can make it through my work day unless I, unless I have caffeine. What if you were like, there's no way I can make it through work without the Holy Spirit. Let, let me drink of him. Let me partake of him. Are you convicted yet? Should I open the altars now or later? Because what happens is whatever is first is most important. And whatever is first has the most power. So if you go to coffee first, that's, that's the number one source of strength. The Holy Spirit's down the line. If you go to carbs first, that's the number one source of energy. If you go to a GPS for direction, that's, no, you, you got to use that. Never mind. But do you hear what I'm saying? I want our church 
to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. I want our dream team leaders to depend on the Holy Spirit. I can't lead this dream team without the Holy Spirit. I can't lead my parking lot. I can't lead production. I, I, can't, I can't do this. I want our watch parties to, to be leaning on the Holy Spirit. So let me give you guys this Hebrew word that's used for spirit, okay? It is ruach. Everybody say ruach. Okay, you now are a theologian. <laughs> ruach is the word for spirit. Ruach principally has three definitions. So write this down in your notes. Number one is wind. Number two is breath. Number three is spirit. Say it with me. Wind, wind. Breath, breath, spirit. spirit. Say it at home. Wind, wind. Breath, breath, spirit. spirit. Ruach. ruach. Okay, so when the earth was void and formless, when it was in total chaos, the Ruach of God hovered over the deep. The wind, the breath, and the Spirit of God hovered over the chaos of the earth. In the beginning was the Word. Then when Jesus came, Jesus came and hovered over the chaos of Israel. He hovered over the mess that they made out of it. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people, the people who thought they figured out God, the Ruach of God, the breath of God was in their midst, but they were too hard-hearted to even recognize it. The Ruach of God was in this service, and there's still people who are like, it's just emotionalism. The Ruach, say Ruach. Throughout the Bible, we see the Holy Spirit empowering believers to do specific tasks. Say specific. Okay, your life is not random. Your assignment is not general. It's specific. Say it's, it's specific. It was a hard one, wasn't it? It's not general. It's not random. It's specific. I'm going to give you some examples. Joseph was empowered by the Ruach of God, the wind, breath, and spirit of God to interpret dreams. And his ability to interpret dreams elevated him to second in command over a non-religious infrastructure. Governmental. Here's another one I want to give you. Betzalel was empowered to create beautiful things for the tabernacle. So there was a man in the old covenant where it was a sacrificial system who was empowered by the ruach the wind the breath and the spirit of god to build so it wasn't carpentry it wasn't stone masonry it was actually the very breath and power of god animating his body and giving him the ability to make elements in the temple including the ark of the covenant so the Ark of the Covenant, which is the old covenant enclosure for the glory of God, was created by a man that was supernaturally empowered to do it, Ruach. Then the Old Testament prophets were given this ability to know and diagnose the problems of the nation of Israel and speak into them accurately, Ruach. Then Jesus shows up, God in flesh, Ruach in flesh, so it's visible to everyone. And Christ, empowered by the Spirit of God, goes through the world fixing all this chaos. And then he gives his Ruach to his creation. Acts chapter 2 says the Holy Spirit came as they were in one mind and one accord, like a mighty rushing. The Ruach of God. See, when, when Adam was being formed out of the dirt, he breathed. What did he breathe? Ruach. I'm going to animate you. It's an energy source. It's a power source. 
That's why we say we're dead and then we're made alive. But what is the source of that life? The breath of God reanimating our bodies. We were dead to sin, but alive through Christ. Amen. Amen. Billy Graham said the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people, makes us yearn for God. So even yearning from, for God is the result of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And it takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable. Have you ever felt like you went to church your entire life and then all of a sudden something clicks and now you suddenly understand it? Some of you were raised in parochial schools where it was forced on you and nuns beat you with rulers and you didn't get it and you didn't want to learn it and they forced it out of you. Now you're just thirsty for scripture. You want to know the word. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you know what happened? (sighs) Ruach. It was like, it was just a book. Now it's the breath of life, the bread of life through his breath. First, it was just a class and now it's a necessity. There's a difference between eating food because you have to and eating it because you want to. Y'all ain't ready for that. Let me give you the seven ways that you know the Holy Spirit's truly working your life. Number one, the Holy Spirit sanctifies you. Write this down. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 11. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Sanctified means to be set apart. Sanctification is the blue check mark verification of heaven. It means you're set apart. You're designated. There's a lot of accounts, but the blue check mark says this person is designated, set apart. And you got people that they want the designation and the clout of a blue check mark, but not the sanctification from the Holy Spirit. If you want to be set apart, it says, come out from among them and be ye separate. They can use their bodies like that. But if you want to be blue check mark verified in the kingdom, it's sanctification. Sanctification. That word is not preached in churches anymore, but you're not sanctified through legalism. You're not sanctified because our church prints out a a list of rules that you have to live by every week. And we tell you what you can and can't watch on the television and what you can and cannot wear on your body. Sanctification happens when the Holy Spirit says, why are you feeding yourself that junk? Get back in the word. The Holy Spirit says, hey, you used to dress like that to get attention, but you don't have to because you're my daughter now and it's okay to wear what you want. Come on. Does somebody hear me? And the law was never able to do what the Holy Spirit and the life of Ruach through us does. Churches have tried to control people for far too long, but one of the fruits of the Ruach, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Whenever the Holy Spirit's not present, leaders will try to control. But whenever the Holy Spirit's present, people will operate in self-control control. Oh, you guys, this is premium. You're on Facebook premium right now. You're on YouTube premium. Say Ruach. (sighs) Self-control. Number two, he makes you more like Christ. Who's he? Mike Signorelli? No, no, no. The Ruach through me. (laughs) Don't be like Mike. Be like the Holy Spirit through me. If there's anything good you've ever seen in me, know that it's the Ruach. It's the breath of God. It's his spirit through me. That's why you can't take credit. That's why true Christ following produces humility and not pride because you know the source is not you. 
He makes you more like Christ. Write this down. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing. How many of you want your bank account to ever increase? How many of you want, how many single people want to get into a marriage where it's ever increasing intimacy? Mm, ever increasing. How many of you, how many of you want to be in a business that's ever increasing? Do you guys hear that? This is good stuff. Let me just tell you something. Some of you are still scared. It says that this, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, we are, we are being ever increasingly changed and transformed to become more like Christ. That's why if you show up in my life five years from now and I'm still sinning in the same way, I don't know the Holy Spirit. See, when I look at believers, and I'm like, you're still addicted to porn. You're still circling that mountain. You're still selfish. You're still prideful. You still haven't forgiven them because the Holy Spirit will not leave you in that condition. The Holy Spirit will convict you. The Holy Spirit will demand that you grow, but he'll empower you, not just demand it. A tyrant will demand that which they don't empower, but a father will always empower that which he demands. He ain't going to ask you to do anything he's not going to empower you to do. Oh, I just can't do this Christian walk. It's hard. Yeah, but only the good things come through difficulty. If it's easy, it's cheap. If it's easy, it'll hurt you more than the hard thing. I don't want easy. I want what God has for me. The cross wasn't easy, but look what it produced. I'm going to shout my own self down. I'm only on number two. Everybody told me they can stay till three. Number three, he helps you to do the Father's will. This is Acts chapter 8, verse 29. So if you're taking notes, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, it says this, then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Now, listen to the language of this scripture. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. That is not random. That's not He's saying, literally, go up and join a chariot, which was a supernatural endowment of power to be able to even catch up to a chariot. So how many of you know that the Holy Spirit will give you specific plans? Mike, you live in Indiana. Go up, go to New York. He'll give you specifics. I remember one time the Holy Spirit told me on the walk home, buy your wife a gift certificate for this place. It was like a, a spa. I came home. I said, Julie, here you go. She started to cry. She said, how did you know? I said, know what? She said, I drove past that spa and I cried today and said, I don't even think we have money to go to the spa. And then you came home with the gift certificate, the Ruach of God, the breath of God. He will give you specific directions, specific Assignments. He'll tell you specifically which way to go. It's better than Siri. It's better than your GPS. It's better than your phone. Stop following your phone more than you follow the Holy Spirit. Ruach is the breath of God telling you which direction to go. I want that kind of church that there's hundreds of people in the room, but then all of a sudden the, the person that's seating everybody is like, I'm going to go to them and lay hands and pray with them because the Lord gave me a specific assignment. Number four, the Holy Spirit gives hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Somebody say all. all. Oh, don't you love 
the language of the Bible. All joy. Well, I'll have more joy after I buy my house. I'll have more joy once my husband starts praying with me. I'll have more joy once my ministry is successful. No, no, that's not how it works. If joy is a destination, you'll never get there. Do you all hear me? If joy is a destination, you'll never arrive. But if joy is the fruit of the Spirit, then to spend time with the Spirit is to manifest all joy. You can have joy in a prison with that equation. You can have joy with a deadbeat husband living in your home with that equation. You can have joy with a broke, busted, disgusted bank account with that definition. Do you guys hear me preaching to you? This is the real Bible. May the God of, all, of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the breath of God, you may abound in hope. You know, people think that my hope is fake. They think that my hope is hype. They think, I, I, oh, of course you have hope. You're the pastor. You're trying to pump us all up so we give more money. The devil is a liar. Oh, of course you have hope because your marriage worked out. Of course you have hope. Look at you. You don't have the sickness I struggle with. Of course you have hope. You're not born in the country. I was born. You think Hammond, Indiana was bad. You should have been born where I was born. Oh, you, I hear people's excuses, but every single time I hear an excuse, it offends the Holy Spirit. It grieves the Holy Spirit inside of me because the Holy Spirit's saying, you don't know hope if your hope is anchored in anything other than me because hope is given by by the Holy Spirit. Hope is produced through the Holy Spirit. And the kind of hope that we have for Long Island is hope not from in and of ourselves, but hope from the Holy Spirit. The kind of hope we have for Indiana is hope that we have through the Holy Spirit. It's my heart, but it's the Holy Spirit's hope. It's my heart, but it's his hope. When Julie was praying for me to sober up and get free from addiction, it was Julie's heart, but it was the Holy Spirit's hope declaring out all things are possible to them that believe. If you got a loved one that still doesn't know Jesus, it's your mama's heart, but it's the Holy Spirit's hope. Oh, I wish you heard me today. I'm tired of people thinking that we're rainbow puking unicorns. This is not my hope. This is the hope that comes through the Holy Spirit when I'm in a bended knee position in prayer. So hopeless people are Holy Ghostless people. Do you hear me? Because you're going to drive to work tomorrow hopeless. But the Holy Spirit's riding shotgun with you saying, let me fill you up, baby. Let me fill you up with hope. You're going to go home, drive, get back in your house, look at some of your family members and lose hope with the Holy Spirit saying, I love them more than you do. Oh my, 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 my. I love them more than you do. You think that your, your love and your arguments and your shouting matches are more powerful than the cross? Let me have my way. The Holy Spirit's my best friend. He's the source of hope. It's how I got here. Number five, he imparts love. Romans chapter five, verse three through five. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. <laughs> you know what I like about rejoice? It means to joyce again. <laughs> 
oh, well, we worshiped last week. I won't come to church this week. No, you better rejoice in your sufferings. We got to rejoice again. Let's rejoice. Well, I danced opening Sunday. You better dance again. You better rejoice in your suffering. Oh, I prayed, Pastor Mike, last week. You better rejoice. It says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, but God's love has been poured into our hearts through. It was there all along. Through Ruach. Love through the Holy Spirit. Wait a second, that doesn't make sense. I thought that Christians were just good-hearted people. No, no, Christians are not good at being good. Christians are filled with the love that does not originate in our own goodness. It originates from the throne of God, flows down the cross of Calvary's hill, right directly into our heart, and even the love we have for people. I've had interns that I didn't love them with my own love, but the Holy Spirit filled my heart with love. Come on, sometimes your heart grows cold against your own spouse, but the Holy Spirit fills a new love into your heart. Sometimes you lose love for the people that sit next to you in the church service, but the Holy Spirit gives you a new love. It fills your heart. That's where the source of the love is through the Holy Spirit. And you know how I know you heard from the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit at 19 years old, I was driving in my 1995 Windstar van headed down I-65 South towards Bloomington, Indiana, where I went to college at Indiana University. And I had the worship music going on. That's always a dangerous combination, a car and worship music. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've had more near-death experiences encountering God. And the Holy Spirit said, Mike, you've never forgiven your dad. It's time to forgive him. And he began to shine the light on my ugly heart. And he said, you never forgave him. And I said, Holy Spirit, I can't forgive him. You know I can't. You know I can't. He never asked for forgiveness. He never even changed his ways. He beat my mom and gave her black eyes. He cheated on my mom. He lied on us. He abandoned me. He never was there for me. Not any Christmas, not any Thanksgiving. Why would I forgive my Holy Spirit? You know, I can't do that. And he said, I'm going to make you more like Jesus, but you're going to have to forgive son. I said, no, I can't. I can't physically do it. God, I can't get out the words. I can't say it. And the Holy Spirit began to minister to me and he began to deal with me and he began to say, you rank sin, but the wages of sin is death my gift is eternal life. And so the repayment for your dad's sins is the same for the repayment of yours, death. But I gave you life. And now I'm asking you to forgive so both of you can be free. And I said, God, 19 years old, that's how the Holy Spirit talked to me. And you know what? When people hold unforgiveness in their heart, it reveals they don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit won't leave you in that condition. He'll talk to you. He'll dialogue with you. I begin to say, I'll never forget it. As soon as I got the words out of my mouth, I forgive Mike Signorelli. 
I began to manifest demons. I had to pull over the side of uh, I-65 headed south and do self-deliverance and cast demons out of myself of unforgiveness, bitterness, rage, anger, malice. All these spirits begin to manifest because I had been holding unforgiveness against my father, but the Holy Spirit gave me a love. I never could say I loved my father, but I had a love for my father that the Holy Spirit welled up in my heart. Father's Day is coming next week. I got asked to preach at a very prestigious church on Father's Day. And the Holy Spirit, I was grieved because I, I shouldn't have taken the assignment. I called the pastor back and I said, God is going to break father wounds off of my church and I would rather be at my church than any other church in the world. And I canceled that assignment so I can be here next week. Because Father's Day is, is a very difficult day for so many people, but I believe that what starts as mourning can end in celebration. And Father's Day could be the greatest celebration you ever have next week if you'll come, if you'll watch online. Can I give you guys the last two? The Holy Spirit teaches and gives insight. John chapter 14, verse 26, but the helper, say helper. You know, because I was born and raised poor, I always wished I had a helper. And nobody helped me hardly. But then I realized that the helper above all helpers is the greatest helper, the Holy Spirit. And he's given me business ideas that has made our family money and taken us right out of the hole and paid our debts. Am I right, Julie? I mean, in a moment, he's given me ideas. He's given me strategy. He's given me wisdom. I really cannot say that I can give any more man honor or glory or credit than the Holy Spirit as my helper. And it says the Holy Spirit will give you whom the Father will send in my name. He'll give you wisdom. He'll teach you in all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Can you stand to your feet for this last one? Romans chapter eight, verse 26 says, likewise, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many of you have felt weak in the last week? Many people, weakness. He helps us in our weakness. How am I to live this life? How am I to be this thing? I, I don't understand. I just feel physically weak. It says he helps us in our weakness. How many of you ever felt like you start praying for 30 seconds and you're like, I don't even know what else to pray. I'm done. I tapped out. I'm out of words. I prayed everything they taught me in school. I prayed every single thing that I learned in church. I prayed every prayer I heard Evan pray in that transition on a Sunday. I, I don't know what else to say anymore. Have you ever gotten to that point? Have you ever prayed for the same thing so much you're done praying for it? You're like, God, am I praying or am I begging now? What in the world is going on? Oh, wow. I'm getting a revelation. Somebody's getting a breakthrough. See, if you keep praying for the same thing over and over and over and over again with English, if you let the Holy Spirit take over in prayer, he will start to rearrange and do things in the spiritual realm and cancel assignments and manifest things and bring things in order. Like prayer has a dimension and a depth. The Holy Spirit will start to command angels over that situation and warfare. He'll begin to bring provision. We were praying for a girl that needed deliverance. And after she got these demons cast out of her, all of a sudden she was weeping. And I said, right now, the angels of heaven are going to grab a vision 
vision for your life from the storehouses in heaven and release it into your mind. And we literally, this girl who was on the ground collapsed over. As soon as I said that, her whole body shot up and recoiled because physically she manifested what happens supernaturally. And see, when you begin to do spiritual prayers through the Holy Spirit, it's a whole nother level. And many of you are so disconnected from the Holy Spirit that your prayer life is so weak and it's so powerless that it just sounds like begging. Petitions are only one part of your prayer life. I'm here to make you battle ready. Come on, are you ready to be battle ready? Petitions are just one part of your prayer life. But when you begin to pray through the Holy Ghost, when you allow him to begin to utter things, look what the scripture says. And it says this, for we do not know what to pray. So the Bible even has a prescription for your not knowing. It says, for we don't even know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself, the Ruach, the same spirit that moved over the waters, the same spirit inside of Jesus that descended like a dove after he was baptized. The spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Have you ever, here's the question. Have you ever prayed without words? Oh, have you ever prayed without words yet? Because if all your prayers have ever been words and you're like, why haven't they come to pass? It's time to let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Now, I'm gonna end with this last story. When I was in, I was taking Italian. I wanted to reconnect to my roots. And I was in my second year of Italian. And I was in my room just praying privately. And the more I began to pray, I started to pray in tongues. But then it sounded as if I was speaking in Italian because I was in my second year of Italian. And there was a part of me that was doubting what I was speaking. It was like, oh, this is probably me making it up. But then there was this other thing inside of me that was saying, no, I think this is something real. So I started to type it out. I sat down at my computer and I started to type out what I was speaking in tongues as accurately as I could, like phonetically, you know, like the way it sounds. So I took that, I printed it and I took it to my professor. And I said, does this make any sense? I tried to write it down the way I was saying it, the best I could say it. Uh, and does, does this mean anything? I did it as an act of faith. And she paused and she looked at me and she's like, where did you get this? Where did you learn this? And I was like, you don't want to know. <laughs> I really was so like intimidated by that question. You don't want to know. And she said, well, this is actually an ancient, archaic version of Italian that no one speaks anymore because the language has changed. And she's like, it, when I say it back after reading it, it sounds like you're saying, Sarah, I will wash you clean. Sarah, I will make you whole. My sister's name is Sarah. The Holy Spirit was praying through me for my own sister. And he was praying the word because the word says that he sanctifies, he washes, he cleans. So there was a realm beyond words of English that I had that the Holy Spirit was literally making a prophetic declaration through my lips. He was calling her name out. I was 200 miles away and I was speaking in tongues and this ancient Italian came out of me that said, Sarah, I will wash you clean. Sarah, I will make you whole. And guess what? Last month, I 
baptized Sarah in water and fulfilled that declaration at V1 Indiana. It may not happen when you want it to, but you better believe it when he says it. You can bank on it, baby. And guess what? My sister has Italian lineage. And I don't know this for sure, but could it be that the Holy Spirit was even speaking to her genetic lineage through my tongues? I don't know, but welcome to the wild side because I don't want a Christianity that's not supernatural because it's really awkward to have an Easter celebration where you're trying to convince a whole bunch of agnostics and atheists that Jesus rose from the dead, but you don't ever see any evidence of it all the other 51 weeks of the year. I want Easter to be the most obvious thing that we celebrate every year at this church. It's like, yeah, this person was addicted to drugs. Now they're sober and clean and free. This person was divorced, but they're reconciled. This person was, come on, this person was supernaturally healed in their body. I want resurrection power to be on display because of the inner working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit through you. For everybody watching online and here in the room, will you just look at your hands for a second? Just take a look at your hands like this. God spoke to Moses and said, I will make you a nation of priests. It was not fulfilled until Acts chapter two when the Ruach, the breath of God came and filled all of humanity. And I want you to look at your hands. Jesus said, it's better that I go. Everybody say better. Oh, it would be nice to have Jesus in flesh, but he said, no, actually, it's better that I go because you will be, you will be my inhabitation. You will be the body that I use, the hands and the feet walking on earth. And so I want you to look at your hands because I'm going to pray over the entire church right now and every single person watching online. And I believe that God is going to dispense through the Holy Spirit, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of word of knowledge, the gift of revelation. The Come on, does somebody hear me today? I believe, does anybody here want to receive a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit to be battle ready? Okay, take a look at me one last time. Now, I'm going to pray for you. And the reason why I had you open your hands is because this church is not building an audience. It's building an army. Celebrities build audiences, but generals build armies. I'm called to be a general. That's what we're doing is building an army. Now, the first time I ever operated in the gift of knowledge, word of knowledge, have you ever heard of that? I was 16 years old and I got asked to preach at another high school in my town, in my city. So I went there and I preached my sermon just like I did now, way back when. And all of a sudden I looked at this girl and word of knowledge is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives you that gives you supernatural access to information that you could not know any other way than by the Ruach, the breath of God, breathing it into your ears, okay? Does that make sense? So word of knowledge is when he tells you information you would not know any other way. There's people that operate in this gift on such a high level, they can tell you your address to your home. It's, I've seen it. And the first time I've ever operated in the, in the gift of word of knowledge, I got done preaching and I went to just pray for people. But see, I was developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit because I don't minister. Even now when I'm pastoring you guys and preaching to you, when I pause, sometimes it's not just me taking a break. I'm listening to see what I should say next. 
I'm a prophetic preacher. The whole time I'm working with the Holy Spirit when I'm on stage, this is not a performance. This is the proclamation of the word of God. And the Holy Spirit's downloading to me. And I've got my notes that he told me during the week. And then I got my notes that he had just flight here. (laughs) But word of knowledge is important. And many of you are going to operate in this gift because the Lord's going to release gifts. And the Bible says you should all desire to prophesy. Shouldn't be weird. Every single one of you should prophesy. But here's how it manifested. The Holy Spirit told me when I looked at this girl, he said, this girl just lost her house and her mom and dad are super worried. So I want you to tell her that I've prepared a house for them and they're going to receive a house and just know that it's God working all the things out for her because of his love for her and her family. Now I had never, I didn't go to this high school. I was just asked to preach at this school. I didn't know this girl, never seen her in my life. So all of a sudden I said, well, I'm going to pray for some people. So I walk up to this girl and I said, Hey, I want to take a risk. The Holy Spirit told me that you just lost your house. When I said that, she just started bawling her eyes. I mean, and I said, whoa, that's when I realized the Holy Spirit is way more real than we can ever imagine. And I said, but he wants me to tell you that you are going to receive a new place. He's worked it out and just know it's because of his love for you. And that girl's life was changed. She was marked forever because of the word of knowledge. Does that make sense? When I came here on Long Island for our very first preview service, I looked at a man named Ivan. I, and the Lord told, again, now I'm much older than I used to be. And I, the, I never met Ivan in my life. And the Lord told me, tell him that he is going to continue to teach his Bible study. And I'm going to increase how much of the word that he releases. And it's going to be like a lamp that guides people. So I never met this guy in my life. I'm here on Long Island. And all of a sudden I said, hey, what's your name? He said, my name's Ivan. I said, the Lord just showed me a picture, word of knowledge, that you teach a Bible study and you're going to continue. And his jaw dropped. What? So if you think this church grew because of the LED wall behind me or the lights on stage, you don't know the Holy Spirit either. Because the Holy Spirit loves people more than I do, and it's my heart, but His love. You will be dangerous if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Does anybody want this? Did I stir up a passion inside of you? I wanted to make you salivate. You know, sometimes you start talking about food, and then you're like, man, I wasn't hungry, now I am. Does anybody want spiritual gifts? Okay, hold your hands out like this. And I'm just going to do a prayer over every single one of you. And you'll have to operate in whatever gift he gives you. But I'm going to release it. Everybody watching on the broadcast right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release your Holy Spirit. Baptize them. Fill them, Father. And we just release gifts. An impartation of supernatural gifts right now. Word of knowledge. Prophecy. Be imparted and released to them. The gift of healing. The gift of wisdom. Be imparted to them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for supernaturally releasing gifts to everybody watching online right now. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Come on, let's just declare. Let's just worship and celebrate what he's done.